Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, I know. I don't know, man. As it, there's, there's something to be said for the three hours he spent with you, but the fact that you, he let you walk out without buying anything... I don't know. <laughs> I would have docked his pay. I'm just saying. I mean, I would have docked his pay probably, but. The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. <laughs> Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matson from Metal Cloak here. Welcome to episode number 104 of the Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Jesse has returned from freezing her ass off in Oklahoma, but gaining long blonde locks to join Corey and I as we catch up on all things Jeep. Corey shares a very cool story about Facebook Marketplace and his mom's house, while I take a few moments to remember the late Rush Limbaugh. Then we get a status update on all things Modern Jeeper Adventures, including what events are sold out and what events are in the works. Ah, then we're joined by our good friend Jay Blazer of Stomper Off-Road. He shares a true confession about his first Jeep, making the leap from the corporate ladder to Jeep Builder, building long-term relationships, starting a shop on a shoestring budget, why JKs are still the go-to rig, how we didn't wheel at all in 2020, his favorite areas to off-road, Parts availability, having a fleet of Jeeps, being part of the JT Club, overlanding versus rock crawling, the crazy cold weather, and what 2021 is going to be like for the independent shops and companies. Then he answers our rapid-fire questions. Favorite trail, favorite mod under $500, and his dream license plate. As a note, there may be times in the auto recording where you're wondering what the F is going on. Well, all of it can be seen in its full glory, where it might just make more sense, at youtube.com slash modernjeeper. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. So, sit back, relax to the cold one, and enjoy episode number 104 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it's another episode of the Modern Jeepers Show with me, Matson from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, buddy. Hey, and Jesse's back, Rockstar Jeep Girl. Hey. Got long, got the long blonde hair Yeah, going she was on. gone a really long time. I, I know, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, that's awesome. Awesome. She it was just, it, it's the her, perks. Her head was getting cold because of all the snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perks of being a hairdresser, you know. That's great. Just you just kind of wrap it around your neck, and now you have like yeah. instant uh, instant shawl. The mask. <laughs> Ooh, oh, hair masks. Hair masks. You should do. You should make those like extensions <laughs> in your hair that just become a mask. And you make put it, it across. Beard. Oh yeah. Well, you got those. You know those those what were those uh, those beanies you wear that have little face masks inside of them. Mm-hmm. 
I'll just yeah. stop shaving and it'll just take over my whole face. I would actually like to see you do it. I'd like to see us do that. <laughs> I could do it. Well, hey, looks like we have our guest showing up there. Jay Blazer, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good, folks. How are you guys? Good, good, good. good. We're still, like, just getting oriented this, for the this, this show, and you're, like, you're oh. in like Flynn. <laughs> right on, man, right on. I, I jump when I jump. That's nice. That's nice. So, 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 Jesse, you just got back, right? Now, apparently you were freezing your ass off in Oklahoma, too, right? Yeah, it was nothing but ice constantly, and it oh. was cold. So, wow. yeah, it was fun driving around everywhere, for sure. <laughs> well and then of course you're back here in snow and snow and snow yeah we've got about i think we've got about 18 inches on the ground um i had uh, plowed the driveway a couple days ago and it was pretty cleared off and then this morning we got about another five so okay yeah. so so how does a modern jeeper plow his driveway with an atv Mm, ATV uh -huh. with a plow blade on the front. Nice. What and what ATV are you running? Polaris. Um, uh, it's like a 1997 Kawasaki. They were called ATVs back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, four it's a four wheeler. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, part yeah. of that thing. Yeah, for for our guest Jay, I don't you don't know, but he's got. Well, how big's your 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 shed? Your your shed. Your shed. Um, well, the shop is is uh, thirty two wide and forty four feet long with a sixteen foot sidewall. Um, I can keep most of my stuff inside, but right now, I mean, with with Jesse's truck and the metal cloak truck and the gladiator and a couple of jeeps and and all of my stuff from my mom's house that we ended up bringing back here, uh, it's a little full. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I got it. Before we get started, I got to uh, send a shout out to the folks. Um, and I was going to bring this up during our call. Um, a lot of people use Facebook Marketplace in their local areas to get rid of things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've dealt with it a little bit before in the past where it's great when you want to try to sell something very specific. And uh, but even then you get a lot of odd questions and dumb questions. Um I was kind of at my wits end with my mom's house and I, I got frustrated and I put it on Facebook uh, local for the Grand Junction area. And here's an entire household of items. And I put it on there as free. Wow. Um, I wasn't sure how that was going to work out. I did this at nine o'clock on uh, Friday night, this last Friday, Saturday morning. It's about an hour and a half drive up to Grand Junction from our house. And so we, we got up to Grand Junction there was a U-Haul truck and about a hundred pickups out in front of the house. Wow. In three hours, there they was nothing left. Wow. Um, wow. How, they, how cool is that? You know what? And, and people thanked us. People were respectful. People said, you know, sorry for your loss. And the fact that her items were being used by others. I mean, every, everything from silverware to beds to, chairs to tools all of it um I, I just i just i didn't know what else to do with it and i again i just um i really appreciate i have two things left i have a piano and a couch uh both items that that piano is not going to get lifted by by just two people uh, <laughs> what anyways, kind of style is it just a stand-up piano yeah yeah regular stand-up yeah, piano but ship ship it to me because you know my kids want one it's about 300 pounds. <laughs> um, you, know, you know how many pianos? Look at, look at like Facebook Marketplace. 
there are pianos all over town that are free. You just got to yes. move it, right? People just don't want to deal with it. My real estate guy said, you're going to be hard pressed to get rid of a piano because nobody wants to move them. Once they're there, they're kind of there. So there's a, there's anyways, an industry called piano movers. <laughs> right. But it was, it was really nice to, to, to help me out and help the community out. And people, like I said, were very appreciative and respectful. Um, what a, what a process though. What a project. And uh, just, you know, a shout out to the local Facebook marketplace people for being that kind of person and showing up and, and helping somebody out. So well, and, and being respectful, and that's huge. Yeah. And, and you wonder about different markets. Like, I wonder if I did that in Sacramento, if I'd have the same response. You know, you're right. you're still a small town community with a small town attitude, which is you know right. great great part of America. Very so, true. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little shout out only because you know we're not a political show, but um, but we lost somebody today. Uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away today um, from oh. lung cancer. And um, from the, I think from the entire world of people who like to speak, whether it's via podcast or or radio, he he, whether you believed in in, in our listeners, whether you you're conservative or liberal, where you sit on the political spectrum, none of that matters. What matters is that he created an entire new industry uh, for radio. He revitalized AM radio. He started out here in Sacramento, so it's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, I used to listen to him on the local station here uh, and he built up a show and then he went national, but he went and did something that nobody else ever done. He took the ADM, AM radio daytime slot and he built it into something that was a powerhouse. It used to be AM radio daytime was nothing like you might get these evening shows, these evening talk shows, Larry King and those guys were out about for a long time, but to have a three hour show during the day um, of him just talking was unheard of. And it, he built up a, a powerhouse of media. So it's he, he finally passed. He's had lung cancer now for I think it was last year sometime it was announced. Um, uh, and, you know, he's kind of fought through it and still was doing shows and doing shows, but finally lost the battle. So uh, heart goes out to the Limbaugh family um, and to all those who were his fans. Um, and I count myself amongst them. Um, he was, you know, he self-described himself as a big, lovable fuzzball who had a, who had a lot of beliefs that wanted to, you know, he just wanted to share that out there. So, um, so yeah, just just uh, just somebody who who is who finally kind of, you know, is is meeting his maker, and I think that's okay with him. Yeah. So, but moving on, <laughs> it's a friendlier and happier times. Hey, let's talk. Let's talk about Jeep stuff. No, we don't do that on the show. We don't talk That's about crazy Jeep talk. Stuff. That's crazy oh, talk, man. Crazy talk, just, right? Because Jeepers talk about everything else. So let's talk about what's happening. Like, because we are, this is amazing. We're sold out on the Death Valley. Like, I was worried about Death Valley. We got Death Valley coming up here in, in what, like a week and a half? A uh, week and a half, yeah. And and it's been, you know, it's funny that we we kind of been a little gun shy about how many people we can have on these trips and that kind of thing. And literally in the last, what, two days we've, we've filled up. So right. I was like, um, I tell you guys, you, you wait, you wait till the last minute. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, you know what a struggle this is for Matson that you may not get a shirt. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, thankfully I order a little extras, but it, it is. I'm like, add a shirt, add a shirt, add a shirt. Now, on uh, some events where we're actually catering and things like that, you know, that could be a challenge. And typically we shut off registration within a couple of weeks. 
Uh, this event's a little bit different. We can kind of fit it in as long as we can stay underneath our permit guidelines. Uh, but, you know, it's it's going to be a great trip. And I think, well, I can't wait to get out of the snow. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Tillamook is essentially full as well. It's sold out, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Moab kind of in the middle there. And, mm -hmm. and I'm guessing it's going to kind of do the same thing. So if folks have been hesitating, um, you know, these trips are going to start canceling out. Jesse and I were just talking about Colorado this morning. And, uh, you know, we yeah. still got to do some some little bit of groundwork on what that actual experience is going to look like. And we want it to be awesome, but uh, hopefully we'll have the dates up and registration will open up that for that soon as well. Good, good. Cause that's the one I'm going on. Like I'm there you go. first. And by the way, if we, if we launched, launched the Rubicon uh, registration right now, it'd be sold out. I've had enough people say this is a bucket list item, a bucket list item, a bucket list item that they want to do it. But there's a lot of parameters we still have to work out on that one. Uh, it takes a lot more logistics, especially to have the type of experience yes. um, that we really, really wanted. So um, that being said, our guest is sitting here politely waiting. Shall we talk to him now or shall we just keep talking? I, I guess we can bring him in. Let's, let's talk to him. Let's see what he's doing. I haven't, I haven't seen him for a long I was, time. I thought I was living in the shadows. I know, I know. It's like it's been over a year, I think. Has it been that long? Gosh, yeah. man, this whole long, this whole COVID world. Yeah. So yeah, it's been over a year. For everybody out there, this is Jay. It's Blazier, right? I mean it's it's Blazer or Blazier? Blazier. Blazer. We all Blazer. Say Blazer. Blazer, it's Blazer. Just think of it. He's he's and he's not Mr. Chevy. He's Mr. Jeep. So, Jay Blazer, Stomper Off Road. Uh, I've we've known you for ages because you you started out like out here as a customer, and then somehow end up in the middle of you know no place, <laughs> and decided to start Stomper Off Road. That's by the way, what's the weather like there? Oh, it's pretty miserable right now. So we've been, I don't think we've been above uh, 20 degrees and uh, it's probably been 10, 11 days. So, um, Yuck. And, and when I did the 2014 brutal. CTI tour, that was my second stop. My first stop was up in Colorado. My second stop was your shop to see, Hey, does this thing, does people even want to do this? And it was, it was pretty phenomenal. You had a great turnout. You had a barbecue going. I mean, there was, <laughs> oh, yeah. there was people everywhere. And I remember we took a few people for a few rides in the, uh, in the, in the JK and they, uh, we did. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun too. So first time to see that suspension work. So, so Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm going to be aboard. And now you mentioned to me, this is like the first time you've been on a podcast. It is. It is. I'm a noob. <laughs> yeah, but you I'm got a perfect. Nervous. You got the perfect background for it, though. You got the yeah, sign right? up there. This is awesome. Like you're you're the most professional noob I've ever seen. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I've watched them before. I just never actually been a participant. So, uh, yeah. I, I. So and, and Corey, didn't you do a how how many stops have you done at Stomper? Over the um, years? I try I try to stop every time we come through. Um, and even we've been there actually a couple times in a year, uh, for one year. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of cool because when I, when I get to stop at Jay's shop, it's like stopping with and hanging out with friends for an afternoon. Um, again, oh, his yeah. customers are always very respectful and they always take very good care of me and us. And even when my dad's with us, I don't think Jesse's been with me. Yeah. Yeah. He stopped once. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. They'll. They all kind of run together in my head. So fair enough. Well, that's my my that's my daily life. It's all one giant blur. Like, <laughs> right. Corey's Corey's texting me like, where are you at? And I'm like, 
at 9.59. And for all of us, all of our listeners out there, we start recording at 10 o'clock. And like, he's like, where are you at? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how did you get started? I mean, let's, let's, this is all about Jeeps and Jeeping and Jeepers. So let's go back to your history. Like, what was your first Jeep? Uh, first Jeep was actually a Liberty. This is true confessions. This is true confessions. Okay. So, this is one of my skeletons in my closet. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, at first one I got was a Liberty. I went to actually, um, I tried to buy one several times, but uh, I was always a little too poor for it. So, you know, and then um, as I advanced in my prior career and everything else, I finally got to a point where I could start buying some Jeeps and newer vehicles and stuff. And so um, bought a Liberty. And uh, I think within about a year, I guess I'd swapped out of that and, and uh, I got my first Wrangler. So um, nice. from that, I'd always been a, a, a car guy, you know, so I'd always tinkered with my stuff and all that stuff and built my first Jeep. And probably my first couple were... Uh, I don't know, probably embarrassing as I look back on it in hindsight, but, uh, you know, I was falling in love with the things and always had wanted one. So, um, but life always got in the way of it, you know, whether it was having kids at a young age or whatever it was, you know? And so, um, that seems like I finally got my first one. It was what I expected and fell in love with it and, uh, been a Jeep forever since. So, wow. So, so, uh, your prior career, what was that? Uh, well, I actually uh, had worked up through, I was an operations manager for a, for a big engineering firm here, uh, at least in my last days there, in my last couple of years. But, uh, and so I'd kind of worked up through the corporate ladder and um, just kind of felt like at one day I was ready to move away from the corporate world, felt like I was kind of, you know, toeing the line that I didn't necessarily agree with. And um, well, at some point I, I felt like I was compromising me and um that's that's something that's always been important to me is to be me right wrong indifferent loved hated but right. me and right. it was important to me so i i decided to woke up one morning uh told my wife i was going to turn in my notice um a surprise <laughs> probably i'll just say um that you're still married i i am i am okay she so i don't know i don't know she's crazy <laughs> like i am i guess um no, I mean, we just decided one day that we were uh, we were actually living in North uh, in uh, Northern California at the time. Right. Right. And uh, which is how I met you guys for the very first time, taking my Jeep up there. Um, yeah. What building were we in then when you came by? That was were we on um, the, in the old Rubicon Express building or uh, you were across the street from the old Rubicon Express, as I recall, or across the parking lot, I believe, still at the time. Oh, OK. So we were. We yeah. Were, yeah. So we were in. Gosh, yeah, we were still in uh, in the complex there where we had like three different spaces to try to yeah, I was make say. everything work. Yeah, yeah, wow, that was way back. It's like, been a all... minute, man. I've been a minute. So it's I've been, been a minute. Yeah, you were. I think, guys for a while. I think if I look up your account, you're like you know number like forty something or something very low in, in account numbers. Um, so yeah, that's 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 wild. That's wild. So you get that. So you come out there, you get some, uh, and what did you even get from us then? What was the first part you bought from us? It- you know what? That's that's the funny part is that uh, I went out there that, that day. Um, I didn't actually buy anything while I was there that day. 
but I, I got to give you guys props. And that was something that really, uh, that really set up my path. I was having a problem with one of my Jeeps, um, built it. She was really flexy. I was using another brand to lift and I'd kind of done some tweaks and mixed some stuff together and everything. And I was having a traction issue where my coil was just kind of, I felt like one side was just kind of dancing up and down. And one of my wheels was just kind of dancing on the trails and, um, realized that my coil was dropping out of the bucket and on the top. And so, um, I actually went up there, met with uh, Will up there. And, uh, you know, I mean, what I learned that day not only helped me with my Jeep, but it also helped me with the way I run my business now. Um, you know, Will spent like probably three hours with me, man. You know, I mean, just just talking to me, put me on the, you guys had the the CTI down on the ground at that point where you rolled them out and, and All right. drove up onto it. And yeah. um, wasn't on a trailer back then, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, those were three hundred pound ramps. We were, we were yeah. Well, no, I saw the guys all um, fussing with them and everything else. I'm like, man, all right. Well, what, we're going to do this here, and you know, um, he put me up there. We we pointed out what the issue was. We talked about you know what you, products you guys had and everything else. And like I said, you know, I mean, I felt like it was really cool. You know, Will spent like three hours with me. You know, and. I walked away not buying anything, but uh, I ended up taking just a few months I, later I, doing it. But. Well, I know. I don't know, man. As it, There's there's something to be said for the three hours he spent with you, but the fact that you, he let you walk out without buying anything, I don't know. <laughs> I would have docked his pay. I'm just saying. I mean, I would have docked his pay probably, but... Um, no, that's, and, and that's it. You know, that's, we've always, we've always believed in that philosophy. And I, and I know you do too. We hear that all the time. You know, you know, there's, we have lots of jobbers. We have 850 jobbers across this country. And, um, there are some, we, people comment are not doing so good, you know, not taking care of their customers. And there's ones that we, you know, the ones we never hear about at all that are doing great are the ones that are usually out there totally taking care of your customers. And, uh, and you've always had a great reputation on that. So, so, okay. So you, so you do that, you get in there, you end up getting stuff for you. And then you, you get this whim to go back because you're, this is your home, right? You were born in Kansas city area. Nope. Nope. Where are you, where were you born? Where'd you start? I was born in South Texas down South of Houston. And, uh, so, but why Kansas know. City? What's the what'd you go back there for? <clears throat> All right, fair enough. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was part of the whole conversation. You know, I told my wife. Uh, you know, I, I when I told her I was going to turn in my notice, I said I don't really have a plan. I said, you know, we've got a. I built up a pretty good four hundred one k over the years, and I said I don't have a plan. But um, what I'd like for us to do is we're going to pick a spot and we're going to go somewhere. A spot that we've been to, uh, because we were traveling all over the country there for a little while, you know, and. Um, told her that, you know, I wanted to pick a spot, you know, that we'd been to that we really liked being. I said, we're going to go back there. We're going to plant our feet and that's just what we're going to do. We'll, we'll, no plan. We'll figure it out. And, um, wow. so from that standpoint, um, we kind of talked for a while and I keep looking over at her, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I wanted her to be a big part of that. I didn't really tell her where I wanted to go to or what places I'd love, you know, cause I, Obviously, I still love Texas growing up there, you know, but um, I mean, I just let her kind of come to me with a, a place that she had liked. And we made the decision to come back to Kansas because we'd fallen in love with the Jeep community here. And um, of all the Jeep communities across the nation I've been a part of, you know, I, I honestly do believe that, you know, this is one of the best places I've ever been as far as how helpful a lot of the Jeepers are and um, you know, that's a good thing. I'm getting all passionate about it, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really true that we, we met some really good people here and this community, I think is, 
one of the most awesome people that I've ever been around. So nice, That's nice. Cool. So you get that you started up and you really open the market out there. I mean, it's, it's, I know that there are several of the shops in that region now uh, that are, that do metal cloak. Yep. You, you were the pioneer, you know, taking this product that most people didn't know back in the day uh, and swearing by it and swearing at it. But, but let's go beyond that. So you, you have your Wrangler um, and you know, what Wrangler, what year was that your first Jeep? What year was it? Not the Liberty, the Wrangler. We're not going to even count the Liberty, but we'll, we'll, um, <laughs> yep, yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll walk away from that one. Good. That's, I'm putting that back in the closet. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, we're all good skeletons should be right. But um, no, first <laughs> first Wrangler that I ended up getting was a uh, 2010. So I purchased the 2010 Wrangler. Nice. Um, and kind of built it out a little. And you, that one's gone now, or you haven't held on to it? Is it? No, so I'm a bad person. So I would, uh, I would take and build out a Jeep, and then uh, I'd get a, uh, I'll just say I'd get a little bored because uh, I hadn't really, what I found I really loved doing was the suspension and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and that's where I fell in love with the Jeeps. Honestly, uh, you know, bumpers one thing, lights another thing, you know. But I mean, suspensions where there became a, it intrigued my mind. You know, how do they work? What makes them work? You know, and you you find out real quickly that. You can do the same thing on the same type of Jeep on two different Jeeps and you get different results. So why was that happening? You know, and so um, kind of dove down into that. And that's where, you know, I would trade in Jeeps and I would get rid of Jeeps. And um, my wife hated me because I was spending tons of money on <laughs> on parts that didn't you just buy that for the last Jeep? <laughs> right. Right. No words. Yeah, awesome. You know what's cool about uh, every time I've always stopped at, at Jay's shop, and um, again, it's it's like being around a bunch of family. But he mentioned before, like you know, he didn't buy anything the first time he was out at Metal Cloak, and um, it's amazing to me how many people show up because they want the knowledge, they want the help, and it's not about selling something to somebody. But even for for me to to run around with a CTI trailer. I'll see that person five years later and they'll remember what I told them or what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Hey, I just pulled the trigger. And I'm, I'm thinking, do we even make that anymore? Oh yeah. I guess that is still something we, but it, it's, it's those kind of relationships that we all kind of, that's what we, that's what we strive for. And, and uh, I think Jay's done a fabulous job at, at being that guy that you can go in there and get some help and, and he will take care of you. And, Again, it's building those long time relationships over years that uh, keeps us all going. So, yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. And that's I one agree. of the reasons why we've always supported uh, the idea of having just in- authorized installers across the country, having just your individual shops, your mom and pop shops, because somebody like Jay, whose who's, who's livelihood really depends on taking care of customers, right? Um, it's not just some big chain store where the guy across the counter may not care, but it's Jay taking care of his customers. And when I was there in 2014, like the, the, his, he had a fan base, right? It wasn't just a bunch of people out there. Well, it is, and there's a fan base there that supports Jay and Stomper because he does such a great job in the community. Well, what's, so, what's really what's really fun for me is when I go to Jay's shop, I don't have to work as hard. Because he's actually the one out there that will go through with the, with the customer, and 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 I mean, you know what? And, nice. I, and I always tell guys that have other shops, hey, these are your customers. Like you can come out and help them and have these conversations. 
but Jay's one of the few that actually go out there and I'm like, Oh no, I, I, Jay's got this and he'll walk around and talk to his customer. And that's, that's huge. Like that's what it is about. That's right. Sure. That's right. Uh, all I remember though is, is pulling into his shop. Cause I just dealt with, uh, um, the shop up in, uh, in Northern, uh, Colorado. Uh, was it, uh, Bullhide. Bullhide. Yeah. Bullhide. So Bullhide had me park in a place where, which was very precarious. I mean, I'm, I'm with the RV with a trailer behind it and I get in this little hill That's area. That's an interesting shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To try to do it. So Jay's at least had a big parking lot, right? But I'm still pulling in and the entire time I'm pulling in, I'm thinking, okay, am I going to be able to get out of this place without looking like an idiot? <laughs> right? Like, okay, this guy's metal cloak and he doesn't even know how to drive a, an RV with a trailer behind it. Like, right? <laughs> So, okay, so you get into this world and you start building up Jeeps. Business, so when did your business open? When did Stomper actually uh, open its doors? Uh, officially, we became an actual installer shop, uh, professional installers back in, uh, what, November of 13. Um, wow. You know, and even, and even when you came out, you know, we were, we were still at the rent by the hour shop. So I don't know if you, even, if you guys remember ah, that or not. Uh, not at all. <laughs> so but, back in the day, you know, we were renting, we rented a spot by the hour uh, at a, uh, a DIY kind of shop that we had set up around here. Um, and, you know, I mean, first, first Jeep we built back in November of 13, you know, I mean, I pulled up in my Jeep, grabbed all my tools out of a tool, a couple of tool bags, set them in the floor. We'd rented a lift for the hour and we went through and started installing. And that's where we did our first one. And we were there for a good year and a half, you know, I mean, between. Wow. Um, I, I, had no, I don't think I had any idea. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, what, what a, what a what great testament to how to start. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little, little squirrely because I mean, that shop <laughs> was open 24 hours a day and, you know, uh, you, you had to lock up all your tools just because of, you know, you had people that would just come through there and um, uh, they needed a ratchet. So, oh, there's a ratchet and now, I'd walk over and grab it. Now I have to look at our, our uh, user agreement for authorized installers. Cause I have a, I think that what does that qualify in there? Does that violate some of the terms? It was a good thing that you were a friend first. So that's awesome. Well, and so at that time, I think by the time you got out there in 14, we'd secured yeah. permanent space out there, you know, so I mean, we'd secured our own spots and um, we always knew we were going to, well, we hoped, right, it was a new business, right, you always right. hope that you're going to be able to grow enough to move out and do your own thing, you know, and then um, really wasn't until I guess 15 that uh, we said, hey, we've just outgrown this space and um, we got to have, you know, uh, our privacy and, you know, everything else, you know, so. At that point, nice. we reached out and found a new place to go, you know, so. Nice, nice. So 15, okay, so you get going from 15 then, you've just been growing since then. Obviously, you know, what, right now you get a lot of jails, JKs are a big thing for you, or do you do you specialize in just doing the newer rigs, or do you like to get into the old stuff and, and build it up too? Well, just kind of from my market, I mean, most of our business is still the JKs. There's no doubt about that. I think that's going to be a market trend for a little while here. Um, we see obviously increases in JLs and JTs, you know, have really started to kind of come into the market and, um, you know, the Rubicon, Rubicons that came out, you know, they kind of set it up in the JLs and such, you know, that 
Um, you know, guys are able to do lesser things per se. You know, you can throw 35s right out of the box, you know. So people are still debating on where to go and what to do with those, you know, I think ultimately from the customer standpoint. Um, but we're seeing lots more of those. That number is increasing. Um, seems like actually pretty quickly, you know, uh, especially in the last half of last year, we really start, saw that number really start to kind of dramatically increase. Um, we're starting to see more of that kind of stuff. But uh, we live in a different market. So we love working on the old Jeeps. We don't have a problem working on the old Jeeps. We're still pretty knowledgeable in those, you know, from just my own tinkerings. You know, I've had CJ5s and various different things like that, you know, and so. We still get those, but in my my market, they're uh, they're a lot less, I guess I should say. You know, most of them is going to be JKs in this market for sure. Heavy, heavy, disproportionate number. Wow, interesting. And what's your what's your standard build out there? Are they getting to the point where you know the JK owners are now going for the bigger, the forties, the bigger axles, and the real heavy conversions? Starting to see a little bit of that. I think that we, we've seen a few more larger builds and that, you know, more more of the true custom kind of build, if you will, you know, um, start to see more of that, I think. But uh, I mean, we're still seeing a fair amount of, you know, uh, a lot of the JKs now are starting to get to that kind of point where, you know, people lifted them years ago and now they're starting to have, you know, suspension related issues or um, stuff like that. So we're doing a whole lot of swap outs as well on various just lots of individual components. I think on a lot of the older JKs, we're starting to see swapping out, but um, uh, pretty typical kind of builds. I think ultimately speaking, you know, lift tires, wheels, tires, you know, yeah, more bolt on less weld on. Um, yeah, we're not seeing a heavy volume of that still. Um, you know, again, we, we stay pretty busy. So our, our rate of traffic and everything else kind of, puts us into where I have to really manage out the number of, you know, uh, well done, you know, uh, things that we have to get into. Um, just because, again, we get, I think last year at one point, we got up to eight weeks of backlog and work. Wow. And, um, you know, to be honest with a, a business, you know, that that's, that can be kind of detrimental. It's a positive and a detrimental at the same time, you know, customers don't want to wait, you know, and so right. you got to do what you got to do to get them through. So we really have to manage that. How many bays do you have? Uh, I've got three total right now, and, and not including floor space and various different things like that. I've got three lifts. Which, which, so, it's, it's ne that's never enough, right? It's never enough. Man. You get one, <laughs> you get one, one project that you get bowed up on because something's, you know, uh, different than what you anticipated, or something breaks, or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, then uh, it can bow you up real quick. <laughs> so what, if, uh, Corey, uh, Jesse, have you guys wheeled out in 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 that area at all? One of my, it's one of my favorite places. Uh, mm -hmm. Kansas rocks out there. Yeah. Oh, buggy. Kansas. Right. To right. Drive the buggy out there. Oh, that's, that was just last year, huh? Yeah. They actually did something last year, which is, which is cool. <laughs> we did, you know, and, and, uh, Kansas rocks is one of those places that those folks are, 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 they, they maintain the park real well. And there's a lot of really good people involved with that place and maintaining it and keeping it, you know, updated and, um, we went out there for, was that frostbite or the last one? we were at? Yeah. No, it was the camp and crawl. Because yeah. They, I think it was the Kansas. Crawl. Yeah. Cause together. they combined a bunch of them. That's right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because of the, the COVID stuff. So, yeah. but, um, no, it's always a, it's always a fun place to go. And of course that was one of my first off-road quote unquote parks that I ever went to. And that was ultimate adventure back in 2011. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of funny how it comes full circle. Right. Right. 
that's that's so out there wheeling um what about you I mean, obviously you're you're partial to your local area but what is your favorite wheeling area um, is that where you just go all the time or what no that's where we end up going the most um i will less now as a shop owner than i did before i don't understand how that works but um let me explain it to you it's very simple it's like I, you know i was a, i was an artist before i became a graphic designer and you asked me the last time i actually did anything that was artistic besides just doing stuff right you know we yeah same thing here hey corey how many trails did i go on last year <laughs> yeah yeah Death I, we have that, that we have that conversation a lot about, um, you know, oh, this must be awesome working in the off-road industry. Well, there's that that word working in the off-road <laughs> right. industry that doesn't really usually equate to a lot of free time. So, yeah. Now, some of our compatriots in the industry, you know, it's kind of funny because you go out to someplace like Moab and they somehow are managing to like wheel every day all week. And then there's guys like us who are apparently fools and idiots that actually like work with the customers and give a good customer experience all week. But, you know, apparently we got it wrong. I don't know. But <laughs> so anyway, so so how what was your last wheeling trip? Uh, my last one, I didn't actually go at all last year. So mm. with everything that was happening, I beat you by one. <laughs> Yep, you beat me by one. So uh, I didn't make it out at all last year. It's kind of disappointing. You know, that's first first year and man, probably, you know, man, I can't even think of how long, um, probably close to a decade that I didn't actually make one wheeling trip. Um, wow. You know, it just kind of turned into one of those things with COVID, obviously the Roro hitting, you know, kind of, kind of jacked up the world a little bit. And so, um, and then we had the, I mean, our, you know, every year you kind of look at what your forecast are, right, as far as volumes of work and that started off real sluggish, right? As sluggish as people were kind of, kind of getting the feels for, are we going to be shut down, locked down, the world, you know, in general, and um, you know, and so we we kind of started off progressing on a curve that I just wasn't expecting, you know, prior to, you know, the row row rig really getting started, but uh, you know, then it turned into a situation where all of a sudden we literally like within five business days had gone from like two weeks of backlog work to eight weeks of backlog work and um yep. from that standpoint it just really park opened up and everything at some point but by that time i'm still trying to struggle not to get into that nine week ten week you know kind of stretch and um it was it was kind of tough to manage so i didn't make it out at all man i'm, I'm terrible um <laughs> last time i went out was at kansas rocks uh that's going back into i guess what 2019 um you know pretty muddy day down there so we didn't get much goodwill in in but uh um, from that standpoint, me and my buddy went out there and we just kind of cruised around the park and all that stuff, you know, and just kind of did some lighter duty trails and stuff like that. Cause you couldn't make it up any of the good stuff. And, um, but yeah, Kansas rocks is my number one place that we end up going to, um, great park, great bunch of guys that run that park. And, you know, they do a really good job of trying to expand it and, you know, modify it and improve it. And, um, they do a really good job. And other than that, we, if we want a long weekend, we go down to a Southern Missouri off-road ranch. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a, that's a really great park as well. So those guys are yeah. spectacular to work with as well down there. How far is that from you? Oh, that's about uh, four hours. So it's a, it's a, that's why I always say it's a long weekend, but, uh, they got good amenities for camping and, you know, and stuff like that and showers and, um, they do a really good job down there. So nice, nice. Now, just, just in general, like looking at your builds like right now what how many how many rigs are in your shop right now uh i've got like probably four sitting here right now that are um 
I'll say uh, shorter term projects. And then I've got one project that we're trying to get through. Uh, we got a 1953 um, CJ back there that we're trying to work through. Um, and he's got a motor issue. So uh, some of those parts are not actually easy to source. And um, his was a pretty catastrophic failure. So sitting Ooh. on that one for a minute as we figure this one out. But, well, isn't that just, we're just supposed to drop. I mean, he's, he's, I take it he's going back to all stock. He doesn't want to just drop a V8 in there, huh? Yep. Yep. So trying to get back into, you know, doing the original motor and stuff like that and, you know, parts availabilities. And, uh, you know, I think the whole world is dealing with parts availabilities. It didn't even have to be an right. Jeep right now, but, right. um, you know, so you're trying to keep it as original <laughs> as possible. Yeah. We've been pretty fortunate. We've just been pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think we're at like, uh, one to two weeks right now on most yep. ETAs, which is, and we're just hearing more and more companies are still way backlogged into, you know, four to eight weeks and, yeah. And uh, but it was or more. Oh, more. more. Yeah. What What are you running into out there from from most of your suppliers? Yeah. yeah, we're running into a lot of your guys' supply chain's been pretty good for us at the end of the day. Um, you know, I mean, we can grab most of your stuff fairly quickly. You know, we stock some of your stuff. Um, we've altered our inventory keep, you know, just over the past year just because, you know, we wanted to keep cash in hand. And so we reduced kind of our inventory just in general. Um, you know, just in case they shut down to everybody, you know, right a month. Yeah. Um, so we needed to be prepared for that. But I um, mean, your guys' supply chain's been good, but um, getting a hold of some parts has just been crazy. You know, parts that we would normally have, you know, next day. Um, tire industry seems to be really impacted from some of the, you know, the, the more common brands, you know, larger brands and, uh, you know, stuff we'd have in a day typically in a normal basis, you know, have turned into, well, I think we waited like almost, eight nine weeks on a set of tires one time already and you know and um e-lockers various different things like that all starting to kind of you know mm. hard to get a hold of so seeing it a lot across the board yeah so yeah. many of those things we forget about that um whether it may be some small part that comes from overseas but everything else is made, might be made in the mm -hmm. U.S. It's just one small thing that makes the whole thing work and, mm -hmm. and getting some of those things. Um, we've talked to a lot of our industry friends and Raceline and Warren and Rugged and Milestar and everybody, we're all, everybody's kind of in the same boat. And, uh, you know, you, you got to keep, it's just like your shop with doing those quick turnovers. You have to have that to keep some cash flow turning. Mm -hmm. You can't have something sit there for eight weeks, but I mean, so much stuff comes over from a, in a container and it's sitting, somebody had told me, Oh, it was one of our friends out in California that had flown into um, the long beach area. And she said the number of container ships off the coast, mm. it's crazy. It's there are hundreds of ships out there waiting to get into port. And, and because of all of the, the new regulations and whatnot, it's just mm -hmm. taken forever. Right, so. right, yeah, and and of course, you know, the the unions and everything are are doing they can to show their power and show their you know right that they can control it all and be in charge down there. So it, it is a challenge. I I finally, by the way, just everybody knows because you know I've been waiting. I finally got my black rhino garrisons. They arrived like yesterday. <laughs> nice. It, they, they they it was all that whole thing because of course most wheels come from overseas. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Black Rhino TSW, which is, by the way, I don't know if it's officially public. I think it happened in December is now part of a whole new company. Um, they got purchased um, and by Wheel Pros, same as like everybody else oh, seems yeah. to be getting purchased by Wheel Pros. Because isn't D, uh, DV8s um, owned by Wheel Pros now? So I don't is, know that. 
I is that I'm not sure on which that one. which one? I'll have to ch- oh, now. I'm going to have to do a little fact checking on myself here. Um, but the uh, the it was, um, and I may be wrong, so I better check that real quick before the show is over. Um, but I know that when the I just did a whole press release on um, on tough stuff being purchased by Wheel Pros. Right. Um, and so Wheel Pros has been out there slowly acquiring stuff. Well, now TSW is, is part of them as well. Um, and of course, TSW is Black Rhino and a whole bunch of other product lines. But I finally got my wheels. But again, same thing, Yay. supply chain issues. So I can get to finally get the, the, the Gladiator put together properly. Now, okay, so out there, so so last year, I mean, you're obviously doing some cool stuff. What was the favorite build you did last year? Oh, favorite build that we did. Honestly, I think the favorite one that we did was uh was on an actual gladiator. So um really yeah. So it was uh you know, the gladiator's kind of uh it's starting to come into its own right, I think, in a lot of cases. You know, we're starting to see some more stuff come out there on the market and um, you know, obviously everything's been a little bit slower in development and stuff like that over the past year, you know. So um, but yeah, we, we built a really nice Rubicon last year that uh was probably my ultimate favorite build that we did all year. It just really stands out. Just you know, really good performance. Um, you know, we had some tweaking, some navigating to do to kind of. We're still learning these JL or JTs, especially you know, and what makes them work, what makes them tick. You know, what do they like, what do they dislike? You know, so we're still kind of learning that. You know, but uh, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, that was probably our best build of the year from my standpoint. So. I'm still learning how to even I get in the front I, I get in the driver's seat and it still takes me a few minutes to go. What am I doing? Oh, it's gonna tell me what I'm gonna do. Um yeah, it's uh it's still an interesting thing to work on. I went to change the air filter the other day and realized that I actually had to take the box and almost entirely apart to get the air filter out of the thing. I'm like, okay. All right, fact, first, fact check. Sorry, uh, Drake Automotive, not oh Wheel Drake. Plus. Yeah, Drake yeah. Automotive uh, bought Deviate, cover myself. Yeah. So you know, everybody who's listening to this going and yelling at the at the at the screen. No, <laughs> oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. It was it was Drake Automotive. Drake. So yeah. my, my apologies. I fact checked myself. Yeah, moving on. Good stuff. I do recall that now. I do recall that some of, some of the stuff changed labels. So I do remember that. Well, and even yeah. so, a company like Warren, who now is making some wheels. Um, I've had a set of wheels on order from them for, it's been six weeks on those. Um, maybe they'll come in March. I don't know. Well, and yet that's amazing amongst all of that Raceline still managed to release a new, a new wheel. They did that whole retro aluminum retro look one, right? Well, and so much of their forgings and whatnot come, you know, they, they have such a huge warehouse, uh, down there. And, uh, again, the, Allied Wheel Corp, the, the company behind Raceline, of course, is a massive, massive provider of wheels. So I'm sure that they have some some different paths for it's you know, it's all of us crazy guys who want different offsets and all that kind of stuff. Where when those come in as a blank, a lot of times they can take material off and give you more backspacing and that kind of stuff. And they can do that there at Raceline. Um, but some of the stuff, you know, if you want a custom bolt pattern on a custom wheel yeah you're gonna wait a while for it you know i think we need to get in the wheel business because there seems to be a lot of a lot of well everybody needs them so i mean well and it's the only thing you can really vendors. you <laughs> can you can wheels. change a wheel entire combination without you know throwing off the entire uh axis of the planet in your vehicle so right 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 of course you do storing wheels uh, in the massive containers is a whole other game 
yeah. know, getting in them, getting packaged out the there. But so that's 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 awesome. So you 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 kind of what was okay? This this gladiator build. What else did you do to it? Sorry, kind of catch you guys off there. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, did well. Had a metal cloak suspension on it. Uh, ended up doing a bunch of different lights and uh, bumper. Um, you know, uh, we ended up doing some wheels and tires and what size uh, tires and everything. What's that? What size? Uh, 37s. So, 37s. Um, nice. yeah, we that's kind of the the new norm, right? I mean, I think that's kind of an industry wide joke. You know, is that we always sit there and say that you know. 35s are the new 33 and 37s are the new 35 and um you know now we're starting to see a lot of guys pushing into that 40 range you know and um i think in our kind of location it's not really the norm i think just yet you know just because of housing designs you know guys can't fit them in the garages anymore and uh, <laughs> you know but i mean that's kind of the way it is right now I, I, and it's no joke how many times we get the question like, hey, what is the height of my rig going to be if I'm running 37-inch tires and a three-and-a-half-inch lift so I can fit it in my garage still? Of course, you know, you respond to that with, all right, here's the whole – Let's. I need to have like a formula. Like add this plus this minus this times that what tire size, et cetera, equals this, yep. how you figure that out, right? But, yeah, I mean, you got guys running out there with 40s, a three-and-a-half-inch lift, you know, uh, uh cut fenders um and all of a sudden you put 40 inch tires on it's just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy my response is that it usually self-clearance right <laughs> there you go right. right no no i mean it is really true though you do have to you know we get that question all the time you know how tall is my jeep gonna be is it gonna fit through my door you know my garage door um you know and i mean shoot you know then you got to start asking questions well you know when was your house built because garages haven't always been the same height on the opening so mm. um you know we do have a fair amount of older houses still in the area and stuff like that you know especially depending on where you live around here but you know you it's, just a, them, it's a great you just tell them to air down take the air down uh, yeah. and pull in yeah I, have, have i talked to you about onboard air yet <laughs> right <laughs> Well, one of my one of the first places that my wife and I were looking at uh, back in the day, and uh, we were looking in this in Midtown area. It's a cool little downtown area, of Sacramento, and a lot of the house, the garages are detached, and there's like little little one car garage sheds, and you know this little small little you know twelve hundred square foot houses, and and it's like I literally at that time I had my YJ and my YJ with a, probably a five and a half inch lift on it, you know thirty seven inch tires and. That was literally one of the questions because it didn't have a top. I didn't want to leave it out in the open. Could it fit in? And I was going around with a tape measure, checking out the garage doors because I just wanted to make sure they fit. Ultimately, we didn't go there. Ultimately, my garage ended up filled with junk anyway, and I never used it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, those suburbs, that's fine. I got a three-car garage now that only has a motor room for a motorcycle, nothing else. <laughs> sad. It's a sad world. Um, especially when I got a 13 foot high ceiling and my, my buddies keep asking where I'm going to put a lift in there. I'm like, and, and no, no, there's no, yeah. it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. So, so you build now what, what, what's in your personal fleet right now? Like what are your personal Jeep? Uh, well, technically we've got, uh, we've got five different ones between. Wait, wait, wait uh, technically, what does that mean? Oh, well, just meaning that we got one that we're working on. She just picked up a YJ. I know it's got square eyes and all, but you know, yeah. I, hey, 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 I love, I love my YJ. It's, it's okay. I do too, man. I, I tell, I tell everybody, you know, YJ, I pick on them for the square eyes and everything, but you know, uh, the honest reality of it, it's the first one badged Wrangler. And um, it's honestly probably the whole reason why we still have Wranglers today, you know, because it really flipped the market for them, you know? 
Um, but we've got a YJ. Uh, my wife drives a 12 JKU. Um, I've got a uh, 46 uh, CJ uh, 2A. Um, then I've got a 2011 um, JKU Rubicon. And then I drive the Gladiator every day. So the Gladiator probably gets the most mileage right now for me. So Nice, nice. And that's what have you done to your Gladiator? Um, right now, she's just running on a basic lift, um, just kind of waiting. I'm still doing all my homework on everything, um, you know, looking at your guys' product line as well as, you know, a couple other things, um, you know, because we always like to test before we actually, you know, get too crazy with with things. So um, been holding off on doing any kind of really crazy mods to it until some options come out, like for lockers. You know, I think right now all you can still get is the ARBs, really. Um, you know, so not necessarily convinced I want to be air on this one. My JK's, uh, you know, airlocked and stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, wheels, tires, uh, front bumper, uh, winch, some lights, um, just some basic stuff like that. It's not really a monster build. She's meant to be my daily driver for that most part. So are you going to focus overland or rock crawl? Um, probably not going to focus on the rock crawl from that standpoint. I am talking about taking and doing a, a fair amount of work to my, my JK just to kind of get it, you know, um, you know, we always, I always keep the build mentality that, you know, I want my Jeeps to be able to drive fast on the road. Cause I take great pride that I drive to everywhere I go to off road and I drive it back home sometimes limping, but I wish she gets me back <laughs> home. But, um, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I've always kept it that way. And so I'm actually looking at probably going a little bit more off-road oriented with it since it's no longer, you know, needed to be my daily driver per se. So, um, but no, um, gladiator wise, probably going to look more of the kind of the overland path. I don't, I don't want to get too crazy, um, you know, with it. It's kind of, you know, she's got that wheelbase and everything and we'll see how the world shakes out as far as the off-roading of them, you know, and, and I'm still a little on the fence. I know my buddies go out and will theirs, you know, and oh, hey, Will's just fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny as we get older, it's um, there was always a path. You know, when we built a TJ or an LJ or even the JK, we had a path. These are the things you did and these are the changes you made. And I feel like with the JL and and now, I mean, even for me, the, the Gladiator, of course, is the newest thing I've owned in I mean, my my LJ is a 2004. So um, I feel like we slow down and we go, okay, now wait a second. Like this is a different beast. Like you can't just sure. go, oh, these are the things you do. Well, no, you don't. Because like you said, Jay, there's a whole lot of testing to be done. It's so new of a platform. I mean, uh, Metal Cloak and and with the with the rack systems that they're coming out with with ARS and the Adventure mm -hmm. Rack stuff, I, I'm in the same boat. Like I think the Gladiators are going to be a perfect vehicle to take overlanding and and uh, I've I've overlanded out of my LJ, but the Gladiator is a different deal and it, mm -hmm. it's a different build. It's different options, and again, there's so many electronics in the thing. You can't just start tearing into stuff going, oh, this will be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just looking forward to your, your report after taking it out there because, you know, for our listeners, Corey's driving it from Colorado out to Death Valley. For the first time, he's going to be overlanding in a rig that really is more built for that right. um, and really enjoying himself, him and Jesse, and then taking it all the way back. And it's going to be great if that's, you know, I want to do something on the podcast related to that because I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome opportunity. Well, it was, and it was fine taking the, the LJ last year, mm -hmm. but, you know, I trailered it all the way to, to Lone Pine and, 
and I trailered it all the way home. And of course, it's going to be fine. You know, I guess the, the challenge for me in having something new is if something were to break down, I don't have a scan tool that I'm running with or anything like that. Whereas the mechanical Jeeps, the LJs, TJs, um, you know, I'm pretty sure I can put it back together. I can get myself out. Whereas right. this is going to be like, well, <laughs> uh, where's AAA? Like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, when, you first look at, when you first look at those things, man, you know, I mean, JLs, JTs, just in general, you know, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, every time Jeeps come out with a new model, you know, it seems like it takes us a little while to kind of figure out what they were, how they work, what what makes them tick. You know, and as you set up a JK, different than you set up a TJ, right? And obviously, we know there was a huge transition from how you set up a YJ versus a TJ, right? But, um, you know, I mean, honestly, the JT coming out and then the Gladiator coming out, you know, um, you kind of had that ball rolling just a little bit on figuring out the, the JLs, you know. But then this J, JT comes out, you know, and like you said, you know, it's it's really, I think the overlanding industry hasn't really felt the full impact of what just hit them, you know, with the JT conversation. Um, but I mean, they're quite capable. You just got to build them a little differently. You know, I think we're all kind of figuring out that balance too, you know, that, um, you know, it's a truck, right? So, I mean, ultimately speaking, you know, um, to build it for off-road, doesn't necessarily equate to it being good on the road and as being a truck. So I think everybody's still kind of filling that one out. You know I mean? We still don't have the warm and fuzzy on, you know, what is the right coil combinations? What are the right shock combinations? You know, where some guys are driving these things around loaded down with 500 pounds in the back every day. <laughs> some of them are riding around empty every day. So it makes a world of difference in how you build them, man. You know, so I mean, we're all still trying to figure it out, I think, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, I mean, I'm actually got to, you know, we got to do a little fist bump here because we're all, you know, we're all uh, gladiator guys, right? Boom. You know, <laughs> right. It's, it's, this is, this is the new world. I mean, I'm I love my gladiator. Well, you're a gladiator gal. Well, I, we've talked about getting rid of my truck because I wanted a JT so bad, but yeah. Nice, nice. Be silly if we had two. I want a JL though. Yeah, well, you can do that. I mean, got a JL. Although I think we're, yeah, we we've been kind of selling off our fleet, so <laughs> we kind of realized we don't we need room in our shop for stuff, not for storing jeeps. So our right. our employees are all being able to buy our fleet, and so they're still here, but now they're taking them home. So the Gladiator uh, is now owned by one of our guys, and the two door is now owned by one of our guys, and and uh, the two door jail, the four door JK is getting the LS torn out of it right now. Right. The LS is going into the uh, Franken Jeep, and the uh, and uh, Hemi is going into the it's into the JK. So we're swapping that stuff around, and then the big mo the modern Jeeper big Aluma body Aluma thing that we're calling it Illuminator. Um, is is just sitting there like gathering <laughs> dust right now because we don't have time to work on it. Ah uh, man, well you it's know Jay, it, it is oh, it is it's, it's all good. it's all coming together. We just got to figure things out, but that's all it is. It's just a matter of time, right? Matter of time. That's all it takes. It's just time, time, time and money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But that's that's hey, that makes for the ultimate modern jeeper. You have time, you have money. That's so right. It, it's still surprising. We were talking about this before. You know, people taking the time 
to to go and do these events, right? Like really to to stop what they're doing. Because some people actually have to work for a living, stop what they're doing, and go and travel to these events. And the number of events that are happening now, I think we we sparked something with doing small little independent events that weren't these big production houses from big production companies to do these small independents because there's so many um, little groups are saying, hey, we can do this too. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I I think we definitely, um, you know, I I won't say that we were by any means, uh, you know, what we're doing now has already been done, but I think we are kind of proving that you can have small events with a good group of people build good relationships. And I mean, these big events, we've talked about this in the past, going to Daytona and going to Easter Jeep Safari and seeing five, 10,000 people is absolutely wonderful. And I think it's necessary. Yet I couldn't tell you the names of 200 of those 5,000 people. Yet if we have a hundred people at an event, I'm going to know every single one of them. So it's just a different, it's a different thing for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the Jeep world's built off of that intimacy, right? I mean, that's that's what brought me back to Kansas City. You know, I mean, you know, there was that intimacy there, you know, and I've, I've probably hung out with thousands of people over the years in other places and other Jeep groups. And, you know, but ultimately speaking, you know, those smaller events like that, it allows you to have that kind of intimacy, which is what, you know, it's kind of the fellowship that you have with it being a Jeeper, right? I mean, see a jeep broke down the side of the road you stop over whether you knew him you don't know him right. whatever you know i mean and so i think that you guys are doing the right thing in that conversation you know those small big groups are awesome you know you can have a good time with those things but ultimately speaking you know i mean people want intimacy you know people want to know that you, you know their jeep or you know their face or you know their name you know and those are important to people so i absolutely. think you guys are doing it right man Absolutely. So it sounds like you need to come join us for one of our adventures for sure. I do. I do. I got to get out of all these oil filter housing changes right now. <laughs> so this is that cold snaps really got them going. So <laughs> no, I think we're all we're all ready to get out of this cold snap that we've been in. You know, it doesn't typically get this cold for this long, you know, and, you know, rolling blackouts and people are experiencing and, um, you know, it's just uh, it's crazy times on top of everything that happened last year, you know, and all the. Uh, the lag from that, you know, and it's still kind of trapping us inside now just because of mother nature, you know, and weather, you know, and so um, we saw people in Texas, people in Texas are dying because they're trying to keep their houses warm by pulling their cars inside and they're keeping them running. And I'm like, yeah, I got got friends and family down there. That's, that's, that's talking about that. They're burning their furniture right now to keep their houses warm. And, um, you know, I sit there and kind of look at that and I'm like, man, it's crazy. You know, my, my oldest daughter, she lives down there and everything else. And, you know, uh, they'd been without power and water for days. And so she went over to our boyfriend's house that's, you know, um, you know, he's probably 10, 20 miles away, I guess, probably at the end of the day. And she goes over there and she pulls in and the water main breaks there. They had power, but no water at that point. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's crazy times out there right now. This whole world just Wow, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we did wrong, but we pissed off somebody out somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, it's like we get through one thing, and then it just it just continues. And uh, yeah. you know, it's funny with the events now, and we're we're seeing a lot more hesitation. We thought that after last year, we mm-hmm. this year would be opening up more so. And right. I'm I feel like people are even now. They're just saying, "Well, we don't know if that's going to happen or not." Well, it's in nine months. Like, yeah. right you're still uncertain and i get it i think we're all a little gun shy mm-hmm. yeah 
A lot of truth in that, man. You know, I mean, we see it around here, you know, restaurants are open, restaurants are not open, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and like I've told everybody, you know, my big concern, you know, I'm a small business, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a corporate backing and I don't have the ability to kind of spread around, you know, but, you know, uh, I feel, and we're doing well, man, uh, you know, thank, thank goodness, you know, that I, that we we're, we're with what we're doing and we're, we're still staying busy and all that stuff, you know, but you know, there's a lot of folks out there in small business that don't have that background, you know, and some of them have been shut down for a long time, you know, and, um, you know, and then when they try to do get back active, then, you know, it's like being in the startup again, because some of your employees have moved on, you know, so you're mm -hmm. retraining, you're, you're re-equipping, uh, restocking, you know, I mean, I feel bad for a lot of folks out there, man, it's a crazy world we're in right now. It, uh, you know, the beginning when this thing first took, took hold last March, um, I mean, even for Metal Cloak, they, they didn't understand what, what this looked like. It took until about April, May for us to kind of go, okay, we're going to probably be fine. And, and even last year, we ended up pulling the trailer 38,000 miles. But every wow. shop I stopped at, you know, there was no, people were busy, but the money wasn't, they can't turn projects because nobody could get anything. And I, and I think so many shops were, were feeling that burden and, and uh, I, I think Metal Cloak and, and we've been very fortunate. So I, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are feeling that same pressure. Mm -hmm. So many of these restaurants have closed up and they're gone. And I just go, oh, how are we going to come back out of this? You know? Yeah. Well, not, you know, like I said, that's one of my fears. You know, I think that, you know, more people, you know, they did some surveys and, you know, people are more oriented towards ordering online now than actually going places and actually shopping. That's bad for your local communities, you know, whether you're small business or what, you know. Um, so, I mean, I kind of think it's kind of one of those things that, unfortunately, I feel like that this is going to really drive, you know, the economy, if you will, to more of the online side. Obviously, you got specialty skills. You got things, you know, that's going to keep some of those people around. Sure. But, you know, I can tell you, man, you know, we've seen probably this year already, I would tell you that we're on record pace of people wanting to carry in parts and just drop off and have us install them. Um, you know, and some things I have no problem like that with, you know, but there are other, you know, mechanical components that I, I don't like to take and allow to get carried in the door because ultimately anything mechanical, you own that warranty, you own that part, whether you sold it or didn't, That's um, right. you know, so, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you get into that kind of market, you know, that you're trying to figure out that, and this may be a new trend that's developing. And then we see this more and more as people don't want to go see go places to buy stuff when they can just sit there at home and and have less risk of exposure and everything else you know um so it's something that we, we're gonna have to look at our model i think and in the way we run our business you know i think we're gonna have to take and open up our eyes a little bit and you know study that just a little bit so well um, i think matson but, can probably talk more to this but um you know metal cloak's always been a company that has been kind of that consumer oriented where you know you can install this right. in your driveway we have a good set of instructions but i think the ownership is also going now wait a second we've got a lot of jobbers out there and what are we doing for them and i know matson and his team have have spent a lot of time putting together the portal and we're i know that i was told directly from from ownership when i was out there that Hey, but what about these jobbers? So I think yeah. that you'll see probably a change in that over over the next couple of years. And like you said, you got to review that model and what does that model look like and how does it work for everyone to where we can yeah. be supportive to both sides?
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the big game out here, right? And it's one of the reasons why even with modern Jeeper, yeah, we're going through and we've made a pledge this year because Corey and I kind of got into this point with me, Corey and Jesse, it was just more fun to hang out and just like, you know, shoot the shit. And, um, but with modern Jeeper podcast and the show, it's getting more more guys like you out there because some of our most popular episodes last year were, were shops interviews with shop owners because you have all different points of view too right and and experiences right. and what you've done and how you've built it up and you're an inspiration for other guys that want to get away from the workaday world um and actually have a little bit of fun and maybe go do something and now well you know that part about not wheeling all last year maybe put a damper on their dreams but <laughs> right yeah no doubt but it's part well, of that game it's part of that game well you know and i, I want to say you know um it's something that you guys you guys always get props from me from on on in this conversation, no matter who I'm talking to or, you know, obviously, when we get in here, and we start talking to customers about various different things, you know, conversations fear sometimes, but, you know, um, so we get at questions. And, you know, one of the things that I've always said, you know, you guys are you guys are probably your most jobber, dealer, uh, installer oriented companies that are out there on the market so you guys are well known for being that real good point of interaction with your customer directly but it's what you guys do behind the scenes also that kind of help out your installers i i will tell you that you guys take better care of us as an installer at least in my experiences and everything than any other company that's out there and so, you know, we don't have our other jobbers. You know, you guys have been here more times than any other company that I'm direct with. And I'm, I'm direct with just about all the big players. But that's just because so. we like you. I mean, <laughs> well, <it's>, <laughs> but, you know, it would be nice. And we have, like I said, we have 850 of you guys across the country. And there's no way. Yeah. I think, Corey, last year you visited, what, like 60 of them? Something like that? A lot. Yeah. yeah. All the way through the southern portion of Texas and, and yeah, uh, New Mexico yeah. and. And then I when know. I go yeah, back, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. when but, I go back, I go visit the guys too at the few shops that we have in Oklahoma yeah, in the metropolitan area. Yeah, and it, it's like it would be fantastic to have a dozen Corys going across the country all the time and, and doing that. But it's kind of funny because you know we put a lot more emphasis. I I actually felt like uh, as a company we weren't serving you guys as well as we could have. Um, and so, cause we, we are a direct to, to consumer company, but we stepped back and like when we did the jobber summit last, uh, last year, we'll do another one this year and, and, um, do some more, uh, uh webinars that allow our jobbers to come together and ask me the hard questions. Cause there are a lot of them. Um, but doing that kind of has helped us really get more communication with you guys and understand what you need. Um, and the portal, doing the jobber portal, which when I did that, I thought, well, it makes sense. Let's just set up this whole new website for jobbers, makes it easier for you guys, only to hear from everybody that it's like, wow, you know, that's like you're ahead of the game. Nobody's done that. It's 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 different. But we've always treated you guys like customers. And that works both ways. You get the benefit of the support that we give all of our customers. You're just another customer. Um, at the same time, there are jobbers who are like, well, I want special privilege because I'm a jobber. Like, right. you're you're a customer, right? And we want to treat you as a customer. But that means it's kind of an equal equal way in. But you know, modern jeepers, we had uh, you, you you while you, you heard all the conversation going on, you you saw 
other imagery and stuff that I was floating in because there, our video went down. And so I had to change that feed and fix it and stuff like that. And so there's a little bit of clips here and there, but we are full back in video. And we were kind of getting to that point where we were going to kind of wrap up the conversation anyway, but it's like all of a sudden the video went down and I had to fix it. So I had to get my technical expertise in and try to fix this while the two of them were just talking amongst themselves. That's you know, what's funny stuff. is usually we have some of our best conversations when we go, uh, we kind of relax a little bit and go, okay, well, we're down for a little bit and then we can have some real conversations. So sometimes that's the best right. stuff. It is the best stuff. And, and quite frankly, um, it, it's kind of funny because the, you know, Corey and I will sit there and do this and Jesse too will be like, we'll start before, before we even start the show, we're sitting here catching up a bunch of stuff and go, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. This is stuff we should be talking about. This is the good stuff. Right. This is the funny right. stuff, right? The best jokes happen before their show starts. Right. And usually I sit here and I, I've got a bunch of notes and I, I try to go, okay, well, these are the things, you know what, nine times out of 10, I don't touch base on any of these things on my list. <laughs> so, uh, so what you need to do is just like type up your notes. Like this is the stuff I wanted to talk about. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Share your notes to the show. Well, you know, uh, Jay, it's been fantastic that you you were able to, to join us and I mean, we've known you forever and I was actually had to go and the reason I sent you the email said, have you been on the show? Because I'm like, I don't. Remember Jay being on the show, and I'm asking right. Will, and Will's like, "How do we not have Jay on the show?" <laughs> it, it didn't make sense to me, and so it was great to finally get you on and actually have you as the first guest of of 2021. All um, right, right, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Right. So, first guest 2021. We have some other great stuff coming up. We have some, uh, you know, more and more shops lined up this this year, and and some other people. And like I've told our listeners. Pay attention because there's some people that are going to be on this show that you would never, ever, ever suspect would be on this show. For obvious, I'll make, a, I'll make a promise to Jay, and, and they can you can hold it, hold hold it to me, hold me, hold me to it. Um, <laughs> you do that. Uh, I will. I will definitely. You. Uh, you'll see the CTI trailer out at Stomper uh, this year for sure. Yeah, awesome. That'd be awesome. cool, man. It'd be really good to see you yeah. guys again. So miss you guys. Yeah. So. And the way Definitely. Corey's doing it these years, we've got, you know, we've already hit our volume. We have 7,500 test results from CTIs across the country that have helped us build our stuff. Uh, and so Corey's kind of been taking it on the directive of it's not a three to five minute, get them on, get them off. It's a 10 minute conversation right yeah, we've been slowing things down a little bit and getting to spend some real quality time and some people they i get it they just want their picture on the cti trailer yeah. and and we're we're happy with that but going to the smaller shops and these smaller gatherings it's great to be able to actually spend some time with someone and talk to them about what their goals are and what they want to build and what they want things to look like and what struggles they've they've had and, and what they're doing so yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. A couple of quick questions for, for you, Jay. All right. So this is like the little rapid fire final questions. All right. Cool. Fair enough. So, all right. Favorite trail in the country. Favorite trail in the country. Uh, I think it's a uh, rattler and uh, it's more is my favorite wow. that I've been on. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, and favorite mod to your Jeep under 500 bucks. Oof, under 500 bucks. Man, there's not much on the industry anymore for that. Yeah. Um, right? That new antenna is pretty cool. <laughs> right? That's pretty all right. Uh, That's I got a why it's a tough No, I really like the, some of the KC lights, the, their, new, their new line that they really kind of came out with. Uh, I think it's a good product. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. And a new question that recently came up with because of a thread on Medical Gunners Club. If you could have anything on your license plate, what would it be? Oh, oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything on my license plate, huh? Um, 
Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, man, I don't have a good it's answer. I'm somber, a license plate. Uh, so um, given. And be naked. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, Modern Jeepers, uh, this has been another great episode of the Modern Jeepers Show. We appreciate you all joining us. Uh, Corey, Jesse, you have anything to add? No, sir. We hope to uh, be able to see everybody out in uh, Death Valley here in about 10 days. And uh, if you've not uh, just signed up this year, plan for next and hope to see you on trails. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my friends, thank you again for joining us. And as Corey says, we will see you on the trails. Cheers. Bye, guys. Be good. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.